Welcome to Wicked Yankee Laughs. It's a weekly podcast series on how to get back in touch with your funny bone. I'm your host for today's podcast series on comedy, Bucky Lewis, with my ever faithful and ever special, yes, every ever special co-host Tom Hayes. Tom, you look like you're in the uh, the lap of luxury there. Are you in the islands? Yeah, I'm in Rhode Island. Isn't Rhode that something? That's uh, great. Yeah. I'm in a trailer park. <laughs> That's the paradox. That's the juxtaposition, Bucky. The juxtaposition of a trailer park. Well, I've got a few, you know, uh, it's funny you should bring that up immediately because this is the the uh, subject of of this week's show is about jokes and um paradoxes in cancel culture and and comedy is dead because of cancel culture or it isn't who knows but there are certain jokes right now that i could bite my tongue about very very funny jokes uh that i used to do all the time on stage about trailer parks and 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 things and you're in a different type of uh, trailer park obviously right there on the water yeah, I'm in, and plus I'm in South County, Rhode Island. I'm going to become an, a, a member of the Chamber of Commerce here, a spokesperson. This is heaven. Something happened in South County. They must have been invaded by aliens, and they just planted the, the, the happy gene. Well, here's a joke for you then. This woman starts dating this man in his senior home. She starts dating him, and they, they start to think, he thinks they're falling in love, and this is great, and he wants to see her every day. All of a sudden, she stops showing up at his room. And then he finds out she starts to see Frank down the hall. And so she confronts, he confronts her one day. She says, he says, why, why are you seeing Frank all of a sudden and, and just forgot about me? She says, well, he's got Parkinson's. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I got a million yeah, of them. One I like the old couple sitting on the porch, and uh, uh, they used to do this every evening, and they'd get a couple of glasses of red wine, sit on the porch, and watch the neighborhood go by. And um, all of a sudden, the wife says, uh, "You know, there aren't many moments like this when you can uh, sit and be quiet and still with." with someone you really appreciate. So I'm gonna take that moment to really express how I feel. And, you know, you've been with me through the worst of times and through the best of times. You know, I just wanna, and so the guy looks at her and goes, honey, is that you or the wine? She, <laughs> she goes, it's me talking to the wine. <laughs> <laughs> Well, since they're both sitting on the porch, <laughs> uh, they're rocking back and forth. And um, he all of a sudden reaches over, grabs her by the teeth. I think I told her, told you this one before, but it's apropos for this, that he grabs her by the breast and the teat, they call it. Says, uh, Martha, you know, that there's a teat and it gives milk. And if you could give some milk, we'd get rid of the cow. And then rocking back and forth. And then he grabs her by the crotch. He says, Martha, that there's gives eggs. And if you give some eggs, we'd get rid of the chickens. So she reaches over, grabs him by the crotch, says, Henry, 
If you could get that hard, we could get rid of your brother. <laughs> <laughs> great, great stuff. Well, I think we gotta we, we gotta not lose touch with um, comedy and humor. Sitcoms are all well and good. Of course, sitcoms are okay because uh, they're they're being scanned by they're actually being scanned by artificial intelligence. I found a fabulous uh, Pixar mini documentary, last two films I created. One was called Soul, and the other was called Luca. It was about uh, an Italian village. And the artist was a little doll. She was of Italian heritage, but American. And she described the the creative process, how it came from, from beyond. She said, it's just fabulous that you can struggle and struggle and struggle. And then if you just relax for a few minutes, and the key word is relax, then magic happens. She called it magical process. She didn't try to make it spiritual or anything else, but she says it's, it is spiritual because you can't put your hands on it. Now, I'm only setting that up. So this very inspirational, fabulous, um, and I still, I went through to clean out some of my photos the other day, and I still retain it for that reason. Well, the next it bled into, you know how that happens on YouTube, bled into the next documentary. And it was a woman saying that she, in observing the films, she noticed that the, the female characters did not have equal amount of lines as the male characters. So she decided to analyze it line by line to weigh whether there was enough lines for the women to at least make equal, maybe not, if not more. And the way they did that was to do it through code, through machines. So that ties totally in what you're saying about formulaic. Our, our entertainment will be monitored and delivered to us and filtered all by machines. So many shows that we remember growing up, we had the pleasure of live television, Carol Burnett's show, live audiences. Heck, my first television show had a live studio audience. And now you see all these sitcoms and they all have canned laughter. And that that guy or that woman is probably making the most money out of the show is to put together that type of synthetic subtleness, I guess as you call it. And um, it, it's, it's sad, but there's got to be a way, Tom, and I just have this never-ending faith that we can still get spontaneous in our lives to have fun and come up with humor, come up with... We talk often in the past with our uh, comedy series here about how people make fun of the... If you make fun of yourself, that's usually the safest thing. And then there's a fine line. You learn after doing that that if you push it too much, it's not going to work. If you're subtle about it, if you're casual about it, you start to learn timing, right, about what you're doing. And that's the same thing. You and I talk often about how, you know, you're in South County in Rhode Island and walking along the beach and you having one leg and going in the water and the jokes about the sharks and jokes about all this stuff happens and, and, you tell me, uh, even today, you're telling me how you have people holding on to lampposts and, and about some of the quips that you that you make. Yeah, I mean, it's funny because, uh, you know, I, I've, I've stopped wearing, since COVID, I've stopped wearing my prosthesis. I'm just much more comfortable. I'm not 
you know, I'm not doing business situations. I'm not on stage. Yeah. And so I'm always waiting to give them the old uh, arm and a leg routine, you know. Right. And uh, it was a guy charging his uh, his uh, hybrid and there was a public charger. And so I noticed that the poor guy who had to be in his 90s and his wife was the same way. And she she had long turned him out, tuned him out. She was reading a book or something. And the poor guy crawled out to take the uh, dispenser or the, the nozzle out of the thing. And uh, so I said to him, I was at first very curious. And uh, I said to him, um, do you have to pay for that? He goes, oh, no, that's uh, compliments of the state of Rhode Island. Uh, but he says, I can only get a 28 mile charge. I've been thinking of going electric, I said, because with the price of gas, <laughs> it's been costing me an arm and a leg. To which the guy <laughs> at first was horrified, wondering if I said that on purpose or I had made a, didn't know what I was saying. And he just froze, looked at me in shock. And then because I smiled, he got it and roared. I mean, this guy really, really let out a good one. And he goes, oh, my God. And he says, you have a sense of humor. I said, well, yeah. <laughs> well, here's here's what here's what I, I want to pass on to people here is this. Unless, and Tom, you and I have done certainly many years of motivational seminars for people in front of businesses and conferences and conventions. And it's one thing to be proper that way. But if you're just in a situation where you're talking to regular people, you know, the last thing you want to do is to bite your lip or hold your tongue. I mean, do it in a classy way, of course, to, to the expense of the person you're talking to and you're being mean, but you gotta keep the laughter going, the buoyancy of humor, right? You gotta keep it going. And if people get offended, so be it. And that's that's the only thing I can say. Well, you know, let's, <laughs> let's go back to a conversation you told me um, a couple of weeks ago that you simply went to the grocery store and you saw this woman with this great smile and you just simply complimented her on this great smile and you got a... Negative, yeah, knee-jerk, yeah. Shut you down. Uh, so, yeah, that we're walking on thin ice all the time now, aren't we? Because everybody's got this chip. Before we were talking about this, I my buddy came up. I hadn't seen him in about a year. He's telling about his sister who visits him. He's a landscaper, so he goes home for lunch. And his sister comes home to, to his house at lunchtime and does nothing but complain from the day before till that day. And I said to him, he says, I don't get it. I don't get why. I says, well, whether she knows it or not, she's choosing to play that character. Well, let me tell you what, uh, in, in getting back to the story that you just related to people, is what I found in just doing that, I would, I felt gratified that I had even said that in a friendly way. And I felt sorry for the woman, for the way she was. But I would have felt even sadder if i had not said something so don't don't ever right, right. don't ever use that uh that fear of not saying something because if you if you think it's going to be you know you're trying to bring joy in other people's lives in a witty way there's nothing wrong with that well i mean if that gets to the point where we're all afraid <clears throat> to even talk which i lived in a city boston where people do not talk to each other in any way 
And if when you get to that point, you've got a dystopia and you might as well just check out because there is no fun. No fun. It is not fun. So that, I guess the point on, on this is if you think that you're enriching other people's lives by sharing the joy around you, your, your aura, your, the energy lines that are coming from the earth and from God, whatever it is, and you say something. If you don't say something, no, it's you gotta you gotta move forward. Absolutely, I, I totally agree. You know, it's uh, you're right. We can't let it die. We can't just submit and acquiesce to the to the, to the tide of poor me, victim. I don't want to be offended. Then then life has lost its joy. Well, I think what happens, Tom, is that more and more people they buy into the. Uh, Black Lives Matter. They buy into the cancel culture. They buy into being followers and lemmings going over the cliff rather than being themselves. There's their humor. Your sense of humor is your sense of humor. It's nobody else's. And for you to be able to share that with people is brings you back to who you are as a person, not as a follower. Exactly. We can't help ourselves, you know, um, <laughs> we really can't, you know, you, I mean, to put a silencer on, I mean, putting a mask on is like one of the worst things for us because we can't use all of our facial expressions, etc. But I mean, it's, it's just so amazing what you can do, especially with uh, <laughs> a, a facial expression and anything to lighten things up. I think that... It's okay to be a beacon. It takes courage to be a beacon. It takes courage for people to look at you knowing that you have a little bit of a different energy, right? And that's exactly what happens here. So you got to have some courage to make the world a better place. What's wrong with that? What's wrong? Well, with making- you know, here, here's a, here's another situation with the leg thing. I pulled into a, um, some handicapped spots over at uh, a place, you know, Galilee, Georgia's. Right salty brine beach so i pulled in and um you know that grid line they have to, uh, to keep you from taking the space where maybe a van with a wheelchair right. has to access out yeah right. so i pulled in and there was a guy sitting there with, with later on he told me it was his girlfriend he had the door open and um so i guess i my wheels were on in that area and he said uh, i think you're on the lines so <laughs> So now these are handicapped spots. So I said, those problems, sir. You know, it's hard to get me in a a, a ticked off mood down here because it's so beautiful. So I backed out and I said, how's that? And he said, "Uh, good. And he said, you know, know, the guy, the gods work all the time. The guy says to me, "Uh, well, you know, it's a handicapped spot. And, uh, you know, I tell people. I might not be handicapped, but um, my girlfriend is uh, my girlfriend with a uh, wooden leg. I call her Peg. So now he has no idea of my situation. <laughs> I'm ready to go swimming. So I open up the door and there I am in one leg. And I said, I am really offended. <laughs> <laughs> this poor guy. Oh, I apologize. I I didn't know. I said <laughs> so. So then I kind of chuckled, and we had a nice conversation. The guy was a jerk, but I didn't let him get to me, and we had a pleasant conversation. Well, a week later, I mean, this is a great story because the woman meets me again on the beach. The two of them, and she said, "You know, 
we did some more jokes, one leg jokes and whatever. And she said, you know, when you left the other day, I said to my boyfriend, that guy has got a great attitude. That guy is, is, is sharing his joy. And I said, so what, that's the ultimate compliment, Bucky. Well, you said this earlier. We talk about this often, folks, off, off screen, that it's a choice when you wake up in the morning. It, you're going to say to yourself, I, I love waking up in the morning. The first thing I think about, I look at my dog and say, it's going to be a great day. It's going to be a great, great day. And if you talk yourself into that, it's going to be a great day. Again, you start to look, look for the positives. And the more you see, it's like a disease in a good sense, it just feeds on each other and builds. So in my profession as a, a radiology salesman, uh, uh, some doctor would remind me every single week, you're lucky to be alive. I always had that sense that life is short. And I think so many of us think that there's this somehow we come with this warranty that you got 80 or 90 years. Well, you may and you may not. Why do you think it's so much easier for people to gravitate to the negative aspects of their lives instead of the positive aspects of their lives? I think it's just comfortable. It's, it's, yeah, you know, I asked that question to Phyllis Diller and she looked at me and she said, it's true. She herself, I mean, who's a master comedian said, I wonder why that is, you know, so that is the big puzzle. Why, why do people choose to go that way when there's, and I told you, she sent me the book called the magic of believing, which was the book she read that let her realize her dream of becoming the first female stand-up comedian ever. And she just had this, and for that woman who's a star, she promised me the book. And the next week I went to the mailbox and there it was. So here's a woman who dedicated her life to giving laughter to the world. Well, here's, here's a, a simple observation of that. Folks, when you wake up in the morning, you got two choices. You can go into the victimization or negative aspect and, and with a cloud over your head, or you can work without a net. You can be positive. The, the adrenaline alone is going to make you live longer. And the laughter, I mean, that's well documented about what humor and laughs do to your body. You know, we talked about uh, my friend Bobby, and I, I love the story that he had one video, one VHS demo, one, one. Bobby Saubel, he was, uh, he called himself the oldest living comedian. He was such a hilarious guy. And you guys traveled the world together. He would marvel at me. He says, Jesus, you have the cancer, but you never talk about it. You never feel bad for yourself. You just move on. And so, and he would tell me, Tommy, I know I got it. I just can't find the freaking thing. <laughs> and, and that was not an act. He really did have a physical every three weeks, an annual. So um, an annual. he visited me one day. Yeah, he had just, he had just uh, come from an AA meeting. And I said, come on in, let me make you breakfast. And he said, no, I got I to gotta get up to Lynn Hospital. And I said, uh, why? It's nine o'clock in the morning. He says, I got this buddy. I can't. <laughs> Excuse me. He's got cancer. He's ready to die. I gave him the um, the VHS to watch, and he says, "Tommy, I think it's keeping him alive." So he says. <laughs> so he says, "I asked the nurse last night. I said, hey, how's he doing?'" And she says, "Ah, uh, we don't think he'll make it through the night." So I went in. And I went next to his the little table beside him. 
I opened the drawer and I took the VHS out. <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> I didn't want to lose it. <laughs> it's the only one I have. <laughs> I said, so what's this all mean? I just called the place. He's alive. <laughs> <laughs> you got to get up there and put the thing back before he knows I took it. <laughs> it's so funny. You know, there. I guess the point the point we're making is humor and comedy is alive friends and it's 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 where you find it in your own lives in your own stories your own experiences and that's what this is about is that you can find your funny bone you just got to do a little digging for it but the first way the first exercise of it is when you wake up in the morning you look up at the sky you look up at the ceiling you look up talk to god who or whomever and you say it's gonna I'm gonna have a great fun day. That's how you start. And then it goes from there. And also you're going to share it. Right. You're sharing it. And have the courage that even if you say something to somebody, even spont spontaneously to a stranger, you know what you're doing. You're you're trying to spread the message of joy. That community. Will... Community, Bucky. Yeah, community. That's right, Tom. And that, you know, if they don't take it, so be it. But you tried. And that is the gratification. Exactly. Well, Bucky, this was fun. Yeah, it was. Well, thanks, Tom. It makes me want to come down there and spray paint your shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I'm offended, yeah. Bucky. <laughs> yeah, you're offended, all right. Tara and I right now are doing a thing with... Uh, Wicked Yankee Adventures on motorsports. And what we found, and, and this is totally relates and equates with what you and I are talking about, is we're finding a remarkable resiliency of human spirit. That's what we're finding through all this COVID thing, with all this cancel culture. There's a resiliency that people have. And you can translate that into comedy, into humor, into your own sense of funny bone. Right. And that's what you've got to always remember, folks, when you wake up in the morning. It's always the spirit of giving. It's a spirit of sharing. It's a spirit of life. Like Living, say, folks. Live yeah, it. It's live a it. gift. That's right. So with that, Tom, I want to thank you for joining me here today. I'm your host, Bucky Lewis, on the beautiful shores of Lake Guttapi. Here and, in New Hampshire. And and and, and uh, Point Judith Salt Pond in South Carolina. No, Charlie no, Island. no. This got to be, you got to come up with a lagoon name yeah. or something. You know what yeah, I mean? Lagoon Lagoon. The Lagoon Lagoon. <laughs> and <clears throat> so with that, folks, thank you for joining us on this week's Wicked Laughs, this comedy podcast. Thanks, folks. Enjoy the day.